chicken wee, chicken wee, hot dog and bologna, chicken and macaroni, chillin' with my homies. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 50 of the Mixed Media Forest podcast. I can't believe I've hit 50 episodes. For everybody that's listened to all 50, I feel for you because those first ones were rough. Fuck, (laughs) you're doing better than I. But I've hung in there, and in just two years and a handful of months, I've done half of what most podcasters are doing. Pat on the back for me. However, what I don't have in timeliness, I make up with persistence. So here we are again. This is the podcast where I trudge through the forests of media, seeking out hidden gems for you, the listener. I'm Jason Lampro, and I thank you for joining me. Prepare for fun, laughter, positivity, rants, reviews, and recommendations about all things media. Hells yeah, everybody. 50 episodes. I can't begin to express my gratitude. I've almost given up a couple of times. I know I've had some long stretches in between episodes. It's just, it's tough. Working full time and having a four-year-old and a six-year-old in a two-bedroom apartment just doesn't afford me a lot of time to record. But, like I said, I'm persistent. And I'm going to keep doing this because I love it so much. And if I got to spend a whole night staying up just so I can put out an episode for you guys, well, damn it, that's what I'm going to do. I've got a massive show in the works for you right now. All kinds of media. Because it's been almost a month. And in a month... With this whole COVID crap, I've had lots of time to watch stuff. As a lot of my work has dried up, I've been binging like a madman. So, this show might be pretty big. But you know what? I know you guys can take it, even if it is a little big. Seriously, I've been going so hard. I've been flexing and Netflixing. I've been... Huluin and Cthuluin, I guess. Let's get into what's been going on this month before I say something stupid. Let's see. I got my ass kicked by my four-year-old daughter. That was pretty cool. Gave me a gnarly shiner. I was laying back on the bed, not paying attention. I let my guard down. It's my fault. I'm a veteran with kids and I let my guard down. Closed my eyes for a second and all of a sudden there was the worst burning pain in my eye. Just all the way into my brain. It hurt so bad. I reached up and there was a foot jammed into my eye socket with the heel. It was so intense. I grabbed the foot and threw it straight up into the air which I think in turn threw my four-year-old daughter into the air. She then landed back on the same eye with her foot and scrambled to get off. I was in so much pain. I didn't know how much damage there was to my eye. 
I was flipping out for a minute there. Everything calmed down. Amelia was totally fine. She'd gotten tossed onto the bed, so it didn't hurt her at all. I looked at my eye, and it was a swollen mess. My whole upper lid was swollen all the way up to my eyebrow. It uh, started to purple almost immediately. And by the next day, I had beautiful purple eyeshadow on one eye. And it lasted for two weeks. And every time I saw somebody, I got, How'd you get a black eye? Who hit you? Was it a doorknob? Everybody's a fucking jokester. It looked especially great when I would put my mask on to go into stores. Here's this guy walking around with a mask and a black eye. Don't fuck with me, people. I look like I'm not someone you should fuck with. I'm a teddy bear, but really. If you saw me with my mask and a full-on black eye, you'd probably just step out of the way. And while I'm on the subject of masks, just a quick PSA to all of the garbage people out there. Throw away your masks and gloves. I repeat, throw away your masks and gloves. If you're not taking them with you in the car, stop at a garbage and throw them away. I'm getting so tired of every store that I go to. The whole parking lot is full of discarded masks and gloves. It's disgusting. We're supposed to be keeping clean and we're throwing all this garbage all over the place? Yeah, I can see why this is spreading still. Please, have a little bit of respect for your environment and humanity and throw away your masks and gloves. That's all. Now, let's get into my health journey. That's right, my health journey. It's a tiny show inside of my show where I let you know what's going on with my health journey and how far I've come, my wins and my losses. Am I winning? I'm winning this month. It's been a good month. I'm down 12 or 13 pounds from what I was at last episode. It was about 12 or 13 pounds in the month. Um, I was way too high last episode, as I said, and I'm still pretty high. But I'm starting to feel a little better. Just even just ten pounds off of these poor knees is is a little less cracking and popping every time I kneel down to clean. I'm currently cutting down on sweets, so that should help keep sloughing it off, even if just a little bit at a time. You know, it took me thirty years to get fat. So it's gonna take a little bit to carve it off. Let's see, what else? Oh, yeah, last episode, I had a bomb-ass toothache, and it was killing me, fucking killing me. I had a broken tooth in the back that was all exposed, and uh, the nerve was open to the air, hot, cold, breathing, everything hurt it. It sent jolts of pain down into my jaw, up into my head. Every time I ate, I was in agony. It really helped me cut back on the sweets, though. But uh, I knew that I finally had to do something about it. And so I went in for an emergency dentist appointment. And I broke my 15-plus-year fear of dentists just to go in and get two teeth pulled 
just to stop the pain from that exposed nerve. It was so intense. The dentist's office was a truly terrifying experience. I was so nervous. I was shaking. But the doctor was really cool. All of the ladies that helped out were cool. Everybody treated me as gently as they possibly could. And while getting two teeth yanked out of your skull is traumatic even for people that are used to it, I somehow made it through. I put on my headphones. I went to my la 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 happy place. And I stayed there through the whole thing. Even when I could feel them stabbing into the top of my uh, palate with needles. And when I could feel them uh, pulling the tooth so hard that it was cracking out of my jaw. Crick, crack, crick, crack. And at one point, it felt like they put giant nail clippers into my mouth and clipped off a chunk of my tooth. It was disgusting. But like I said, I just did my best. Stayed in la 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 land. And I made it through. I survived a trip to the dentist. Whether or not I'll go back. Eventually. Eventually I'll go back. But for right now, I'm taking a break. That was enough. My tooth pain is all gone. I feel a ton better. And uh, I'm going to let it ride for a bit. Just brushing, flossing, taking care of them. Taking care of what I got left in there. But hopefully next time, if I need it, I won't wait so long because toothaches are so rough. And that's it for my health journey. Back into the intro. What else is going on? What's going on with the world? What's going on with my city? Portland? It's crazy in Portland right now. People are protesting. We've got provocateurs. We've got people from DHS that are driving in and picking up random suspects and driving off with them, not saying where they're going or anything, telling everybody that they're going to shoot them. It's, it's scary stuff. We've got naked girls setting up for uh, photographs in front of a whole bunch of police officers for some reason. I feel like if you have to say that a photo is iconic, it's not really iconic. And she's lucky she didn't get a beanbag in her cooter. Seriously. Seems like here in Portland, it's uh, it's pretty much every night. The protesters go, gather, you know, they generally, it's peaceful protesting. There are always going to be a couple of assholes. There's always going to be some people in the crowd that are going to use the situation to better themselves, to, you know, to loot, to pillage, to fight with people. Because some people are just shit like that. There's some shit people out there. We gotta realize this. There's no, there's no stopping it. You know, some people had a bad upbringing. Maybe we're just shitheads from the get-go. You know, garbage people I call them. Shitheads. Whatever you want to call them. And uh, those people are gonna cause problems no matter what's going on. Any chance that they get. And these protests are just the perfect time. But I will tell you that it seems like there's a lot of people that are peacefully protesting that are getting hit with these non-lethal munitions 
and are getting tear gassed. And uh, that doesn't seem right. It feels like the police are really giving them a, giving them a show of force. And the uh, we also have the National Guard in place right now, too, in Portland. It's a, it's a scary time. I would go down and show my support. But like I said, I've got a four and a six-year-old at home. And if I'm not home and I can't work, then the family's going to be living under a bridge. And I'm sure that Portland isn't the only city right now. I know that there's a lot of rioting going on in most major cities. So, uh, you know, keep it up, you guys. You're pushing for the right thing. And even if the feds want to come in and shut it all down, you guys are still pushing for the right thing. And I stand behind you. That said, there was one fun meme that came across my eye during this month off. Uh, Mark and Patricia McCloskey, the two well-to-do, the couple outside of their home brandishing weapons and uh, keeping their home safe. There were so many good jokes, so many great memes. You two are super, but seriously, take a gun safety course. You both look like you've never held a gun in your life. And lady, you're going to shoot your husband's damn head off if you keep swinging that thing around. Seriously, good on you for protecting your property. I can respect that. And you know what? Nobody tried to break into your property or, or damage it. So, hey, you won. But again, take a gun safety course. Crazy, man. I think my favorite meme of those two was the uh, old Navy SEALs. <laughs> that was great. Or maybe the straight out of Applebee's. <laughs> what a meme. I'm glad you guys got your 15 minutes of fame. Because it gave me something fun to laugh at. But seriously, we've got so much media that i got to get to. So let's get out of this intro and get to that sweet, sweet media that I know you crave. For my weekend shows, let's just pull out the biggest and slap it down on the table. I have watched a lot of television. No, seriously a lot of television this month and some of it was great and some of it was not so great but we're gonna go through it all anyway i finished season one of avatar the last airbender and it was super i had always put off watching avatar just because it was by Nickelodeon, and I thought, it's just a kid's show, you know, it's it's probably really silly, and, uh, you know, I just wasn't feeling playing it, but I had so many people recommend it to me that I was like, I've got to sit down and give this a chance and see what it's all about, and I'm so glad that I did because it's fantastic. What a series. The characters are amazing. The plot is so good. The character development is fantastic. I hate to gush, but man, I wish that I watched Avatar The Last Airbender 
years ago when it came out because I would have been just as excited then as I am now about it. I finished season one and I'm three quarters of the way through season two burning through it and I'm having such a great time with it. It's it's a fantastic series. I recommend it to everybody. It is definitely a media gem. Avatar The Last Airbender. Available now on Netflix. Watch it. Don't let Nickelodeon fool you. It is supreme. For the next one, I watched 90 Day Fiance. And I didn't just watch a little bit of 90 Day Fiance. Me and the missus did a deep dive. Deep, 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 deep dive. And watched four effing seasons of 90 Day Fiance. I know. It's crazy. I haven't watched a reality show in forever. And I just felt like I needed to judge some people for a change. And plenty judgment was had. It starts out in the first season pretty mild. There's a couple of small disputes about religion and stuff, but nothing too crazy. And everyone ends up marrying. And then in the second season, they said, people kind of like to see this, uh, this drama unfolding. So where we can, let's make sure we get that drama. And in the second season, they brought a little bit more drama. And it got a little more exciting. And I got to judge people just a little bit more. And it was, it was super. And then in the third season, they said, you know what? This is ridiculous. Let's cut out the BS. Nobody wants to see everybody have a happy time and get married and go off into the sunset. We want to see some drama. So they ramped up the drama again. And I thought, what? How much drama can there be? Oh, man. There was all kinds of judging and fun to be had. There were crazy people and mismatches. And I thought, man, how are they going to top season three? Then I watched season four. And ramping up, they did. Season 4 knocked it out of the park with drama. We had so much drama. Every single person's relationship was tenuous. There were some huge blowouts, some gigantic fights. There was just there was a straight-up simp. There was a straight-up money-grubbing green card chasing monster from Russia that was that relationship was crazy I can't even imagine that those two are still together no fucking way and uh you know what I feel like they're just gonna keep ramping it up for season five which makes me I can't wait I can't wait to watch season five now if they're gonna keep ramping up the drama fuck yes 90 Day Fiance starts out slow. It's a slow burn. But if you work your way up through the seasons, it slowly becomes a freak show. And if you like judging people, oh, judge away, my friends. You will have the best time. And you know what another thing that I love about it is? Red flags. I had a terrible first relationship. But 
I was with her for like 10 years. And you know why? Because I am a habitual red flag ignorer. There were all kinds of red flags. And I did not see them. I went blindly into the relationship and never opened my eyes the whole way through. I see these red flags with these couples on 90 Day Fiance. And I just think, wow, I wish I'd seen those red flags when when my first relationship happened. But alas, I didn't. And I'm no longer in that relationship. These people, whoo, red flags up. Plenty. It lets you be armchair psychologist. And you can say, oh, I bet she feels that way because she was smothered by her mother growing up. Or, you know, I bet he feels that way because he comes from a poor country and barely understands running water and electricity. <laughs> it's nuts. I don't recommend 90 Day Fiance to everybody, but if you like a little drama, and you're going to watch a reality show. It's not a bad one. It's a pretty decent choice. Next up on the agenda, I've got Monster Misumi. My Life with Girl Monsters, I think it was called. This was on Hulu. It caught my eye because of the scantily clad demonesses, I guess is the only way I could put it. A guy has a monster live with him and then more monsters show up and through a cultural exchange program they all end up living with him then in order to make them legal he has to marry one and there's all kinds of fighting these monsters damn near kill our hero our protagonist who despite having all kinds of sex thrown his way, has to be a gentleman and not have his way with these monster women because otherwise they'll be sent back to their dimension or wherever they came from. I'm not usually the biggest fan of harem animes, but the monster girls kind of intrigued me. And there are some decent monsters I mean, there's a monster snake girl who, um, you know, every one of these girls gets butt ass naked and, uh, it's, there's embarrassing situations. There's super sexual situations and, you know, it's, I feel like if I watched this at 14, that this would be an awesome show, but watching it at 42, I kind of feel like this show is a little over the top and. Not really to my taste so much anymore. But if you're into snake ladies with big tits, uh, centaurs with gigantic tits, um, spider ladies with big tits, um, goo girls with big tits, uh, are you seeing the theme? Then you would be into Monster Mizumi. Me. I hate to say it, but it was just a little bit too sexual for my tastes. I know, right? I rate Monster Mizume. Uh, meh. It's okay if you're 14. Otherwise, eh.
pick something else. There's a lot better shows out there. Next, I watched Don't Fuck With Cats. This show I had not watched for a really long time because I can't stand seeing animals get hurt. And I knew that this show was about some asshole that kills fucking cats. I didn't know the details, but I just knew it was about an asshole that kills cats. And yes, if you kill cats, you're an asshole automatically. In my book, fuck you. So anyway, I put it off for a long time, and the missus put it on, and I side-watched the first episode. I was thankful that when it came to the cat murdering scenes, that they panned away. They didn't show it full out. Um, they hardly even played the audio, which is great, because it just I wouldn't have wanted to hear that anyway. I mean, this sick motherfucker, he puts cats into a vacuum bag and sucks the air out and kills them and then plays with their little rigor mortis kittens he fucking he puts a cat he tapes a cat to the end of a broomstick and drowns it in a bathtub and then the motherfucker takes a cat and puts it on a bed with a python and lets the fucking python eat it which i mean of the three is probably the tamest but still fuck you Quit killing cats, you fucking sick motherfucker. So this series is about this piece of shit guy that kills cats and how this girl from Las Vegas and another guy get together and start solving the case just using the clues in the videos and talking with other people. They track this guy down. They put in so much detective work and they find the guy they end up having a rapport with him, and then the guy tells them he's going to kill somebody. So uh, it gets dramatic, and it uh, it goes above and beyond the creepiness factor. I'll give it that much. As far as it goes, it didn't really enthuse me. It was one of those shows that I could have watched or not watched, and I probably wouldn't have been okay either way. But if you want to see sick motherfuckers getting justice for killing cats, then you might like it. Watch them track down this asshole. Although, honestly, I wish that they tracked him down and then put him in a vacuum bag and fucking sucked all the air out of his ass. But, you know, karma doesn't always work for everybody. And last on my weekend shows... This one is another one of those ones that I had really high hopes for, and it just ended up kind of falling flat. I was really stoked when Netflix put out The Floor is Lava, because I was thinking of fun games like Wipeout and Ninja Warrior and uh, MXC and, and things like that, where people have to do crazy things go through insane mazes and and complete insane challenges and stuff and sometimes they get fucked up that's the best part of the shows uh the floor is lava was really tame it's a bunch of people jumping across simulated lava which is basically just water with orange coloring and air hoses blowing bubbles in it uh everything 
that they have to jump to in these, I think only two courses were available. I think they change them around per episode, but it's basically just two water courses. Everything in the course was all nerfed up. You could tell when people were jumping that they were just bouncing off of everything. So I didn't really feel like it had a whole lot of a challenge factor. And when they fell into the water, I thought it was really ridiculous that they had them stay under like they had just been pulled into deadly lava and they were currently being burned to cinders underneath the surface of the lava. It was not enough. The special effects were not enough. And I just, I just wasn't super impressed with it. So the floor is lava. Let the kids watch it. They might like it. My my four-year-old and six-year-old got a kick out of it. But for a grown-up, it's probably not your jam. Again, there's a lot better shows out there. So sorry to leave you on a sour note, but that's everything for my weekend shows. Again, watch Avatar The Last Airbender. Skip the rest. You'll be fine. But... If you want a really great series, watch Avatar The Last Airbender. Weekend Shows, out! For my weekend movies, I only watched one movie, but it was a good one. I was contacted by Andrew J.D. Robinson. He's a director uh, at Worker Bay Films. And he asked if I would watch his horror mockumentary, We Are the Missing. I have been taking requests from people lately because you never know where it's going to lead you. I went most of my life without taking requests for books, movies, games, anything. Because I thought, I'm surely going to pick out a better one. But you know what? As of late, I've been listening to requests and so... I decided to give this movie a try. And I don't know if I'm glad that I did. <laughs> it, it was good. It was a good movie. I'm not going to say it was a bad movie. It was a great movie. It was a little slow burn. And uh, it started out kind of creepy and just ramped it up and ramped it up and ramped it up until it was real fucking creepy. So, what do I do? I watch this movie at 3 o'clock in the morning in my dark living room. And I was spooked out of my mind. I was looking in every corner of the room, just waiting for one of those shadows to move. Just looking for that pair of eyes. Just something. It was unnerving and unsettling. And... What more do you want in a horror movie? So, I'll go ahead and run through the blurb for you. Because I want to thank Andrew J.D. Robinson for reaching out and telling me about his movie. And uh, letting me experience it firsthand. It's currently available on YouTube. So you can watch the movie for free. It's called We Are the Missing. It's a... Drama, horror, pseudo-documentary, which follows the Madisons' desperate search for their missing daughter. One morning, 
when Riley, Chantel Little, should be at classes. Her mother, Angie, Mesa Hauri, hears a cell phone ringing from her bedroom. Soon to discover, Riley left her phone behind. No kid leaves their phone behind. She answers what is Riley's best friend Mackenzie's, Willow McGregor, third attempt to reach someone. After Angie asks if Riley is with her, they realize Mackenzie was about to ask the same thing. Shortly after, Angie checks the main closet and finds Riley's shoes are still there. Did she leave in the middle of the night or vanish into thin air? Why did she leave her shoes? Riley's circle paint a picture of the events surrounding her disappearance while exploring leads in what becomes a harrowing mystery of twists, turns, and answers that poses the question, was it better to not know what really happened after finding out the truth? This is a really creepy movie. There are a couple of sections that run a little slow, but again, it's a slow burn. And as you watch, that tension just ratchets up and ratchets up. And by the time you're halfway through the movie and you find out what it is that's causing these disappearances, you will be in creeped out city, just like I was. I am not kidding. Full body shivers. Because what this movie is about is something that I am already so frightened of in real life. And maybe I'll give you a hint a little later in the show. But for right now, thank you, Andrew J.D. Robinson, for reaching out, telling me about your movie, because it was really good, and it's definitely worth a watch. We Are the Missing, 2020 horror movie, currently on YouTube. Check it out. And that's it for my weekend movies. For my weekend books, we're following along with the recommendation train because I'm kind of going with the flow and I'm really enjoying taking recommendations from everyone. My homie, Jason Almy, from the Shit Happens When You Party Naked podcast, got a hold of me and told me to check out this book by Tom Robbins. It's called Fierce Invalids Home from Hot Climates. And if you can't remember the title, they say it about 50 times in the book. But it's a fantastic book. Almy, it fucking ruled. I've never read a Tom Robbins book. I've seen a lot of them. I know he's a prolific writer. I know he's got a lot of books out. And uh, I was told that it was very similar to Christopher Moore. And I'm a huge fan of Christopher Moore. In our book, Fierce Invalids Home from Hot Climates, our protagonist goes by the name of Switters. He's a swaggering, drug-doing, booze-drinking, puss-hound. He's also an ex-CIA spook and super smart. And as we find out over the course of the book, definitely someone you want on your side when you're in a jam. Switters visits his grandmother after an assignment. His grandmother is a prolific computer hacker and has hacked into his secret emails and is threatening to expose them 
if he doesn't do her a favor. The favor that his grandmother asks is that she take his her African gray parrot back to South America and release him back to where he came from so that he could be free for the last of his years. Switters wants nothing to do with it, but because of his grandmother's extortion, there's not a whole lot of choice. He goes down to South America with the African gray and all hell ensues for our poor hero. What begins with a small mission down to South America for something that is arduous, but a task that can be accomplished, it turns into a trip all around the world to exotic locales, sneaking past border guards and using his intelligence to get himself out of jams over and over. Switter's only hope is to finish the mission, take care of everybody that he needs to, and get back home to the girl that he's got on his mind, who, by the way, is underage. Blah. That part was kind of gross. But he's a shit, and he knows it. This story is all over, rude, crude, and crass, and wouldn't be enjoyed by everybody. But if you like books like Christopher Moore, if you like well-written wordsmiths that don't mind bandying about a little bit of foul language and mucking up their stories, then Tom Robbins is a great author for you. Fierce Invalids Home from Hot Climates was a fantastic read. Thank you so much, Jason Almy, for the recommendation. I really enjoyed it, and I think I'm going to read some more Tom Robbins books in the future. So, stay tuned. That concludes my Week in Books. Chicken wee, chicken wee, I'm talking baloney, chicken and macaroni, chilling with my homies. Welcome, welcome, welcome back, everybody, to part two of Mixed Media Force number 50. You don't know it, but time has passed since I recorded last, and I'm just getting back from a trip to the Oregon coast. It was beautiful, lovely weather the whole time. While it was over 90 in Portland on the coast, it was a nice 75 to 80 degrees, just fantastic weather. Got to take the kids out a couple of times, got some delicious saltwater candy, never miss that when I go to the coast. The best flavor on the saltwater taffy this time? Bubblegum, definitely bubblegum. I ate all of those up and I'm really sad that I didn't get more. The family and I stayed in Lincoln City at the Sea Hag, had a nice beach that we could just walk right out to and down a small set of steps and there you were, the ocean right there to doorstep, back doorstep. The ocean has always scared me a bit. My dad was really harsh about the ocean when I was little. 
he did the uh, never turn your back on the ocean, never stop looking at it. You never know when a tidal wave could come. You could die any minute. You could be standing on the beach and kaboosh, you'd be hit with a tidal wave and you'd die. And uh, really drove it into my brain. And so I've always been really freaked out by the ocean. But at the same time, I really love the ocean. And I always have this pull that makes me feel like I have to go back. Something about just its power, its majesty, the giant waves. There's there's so much force exerted in those waves that claps and the sounds of them are incredible. I could sit and watch them for hours. That was the most peaceful moment of my entire trip was I snuck out while the kids were asleep and Jamie was watching them. And I walked down to the beach and I sat just a little bit up on the side of a of a hill and I watched the waves hitting at night and it was beautiful because all I could see were just these huge white caps of the waves slamming down over and over. They were super strong that night. It was an optical illusion. Sometimes it looked like the waves were so high they were going to come up on shore and envelop me. I was spooked but exhilarated at the same time. I know, I'm probably just a weenie. It's not really super spooky, but but I've just always had that fear and it's hard to get over those things when they've stuck around for 35 years or so. I even made myself at one point close my eyes for about three minutes and just think, you know, if it takes me right now, then so be it. And you know what? It didn't even come and take me. I didn't get killed in a tidal wave, even though I wasn't looking at the ocean. So see, Dad, I don't have to watch it the whole time, okay? Get over yourself, old man. I also feel like I saw some sort of a unidentified flying object that night as well while I was sitting on the beach because there was a lot of mist coming in from the waves and it was rolling up and down the shore slowly. It was you know, letting you see little parts of the sky here and parts of the sky there and the rest of it was kind of mist covered. Uh, seagulls and stuff that were out in the distance even looked kind of creepy because you could see things moving around out in the surf, but you couldn't quite tell what it was. I can I could totally see how sailors and people that live on the coast think they see ghosts and stuff because it, a seagull walking around out in the dark right in front of these waves and all you can see is the white caps of the waves and then just these things wandering around bobbing and bibbing and bobbing around, and I could see how people could think those are ghosts. But anyway, I was looking up through the mist at one point, and I saw the moon. It was just a big white glow in the background of the mist, and I said, okay, well, that's where the moon's at. When the mist cleared, I had stopped paying attention, and I looked back up, and the moon wasn't there. It, Whatever it was... <laughs> was something on the other side of the mist that disappeared in the couple of minutes that it took for the mist to disappear and for me to look back up in the sky. It wasn't a plane because it wasn't moving. It was completely stationary. That's exactly why I thought it was the moon. So 
I'm a little bewildered by that, but hopefully if uh, I was being watched by something, it was with good intentions. No anal probing, please. Pretty much everything about the vacation was fun. It is a lot of work. Packing for four is a lot of work, and since the place that we stayed had a kitchenette, I had to bring all of the food, and as I'm the guy of the house, I have to do all the packing of, of blankets and pillows and the cooler and everything that we need to take with us, all the myriad of entertainment stuff for everyone to stay busy with and foods and man, it's a lot of work just going back and forth from the car to the house, to the car to the house, from the car to the motel room, to the car to the motel room. Phew, vacations are not always vacations. And I did have one very harrowing thing happen, and it actually happened a few times. My daughter Amelia, she just turned four. She's special needs. She has a couple of uh, syndromes, uh, Lennox-Gastaut syndrome and Soto syndrome. Uh, she's prone to seizures that can be medically resistant. Uh, she hasn't had a seizure in over a year, but... Her brain is a little bit rattled from all the seizures that she had when she was younger. So she's a little bit behind on the uptake. And most of the time when we're out walking and stuff, uh, she will try to run. She has a thing where if she thinks she's clear and no one's paying attention, she runs. And she's small. She's just turned four. I can catch up with her. I can run really fast for a fat man and I always catch up with her before she can get to a, a side of the road or or somewhere dangerous when we're on the beach and we got within about 50 feet of the waves where the waves were lapping up at the highest point on the shore I was paying attention to my oldest and I turned around to find Amelia gone she was running for the water and I chased her and I grabbed her before she hit the water, spun her around, put her back on shore. And, uh, I thought that was it. I thought, Whoa, that was wild. Let's, we caught her. She's all good. Then not even 10 minutes after that, I was doing something else. I was trying to catch one of the little mole crabs so that I could show my kiddos. And I turn, and she's doing it again. And this time, she's hit the water already. She's just going into the shallow, the highest part of the waves. And I ran over. I was only 20 feet away. I ran over. I caught her. But this time, I had to go in just a little bit. She probably made it to halfway up to her knees. And I just got my shoes and socks wet which sucked. I didn't want to get my shoes and socks wet, but oh well. On the coast, sometimes that happens. Not 10 minutes after that, I'm not paying attention again for a second. I turn and she's running for the water again. Again, I have to put on the afterburners, shoot up. This time, she made it a ways. This time, she got in over her knees where the waves were just about to her waist. 
and I had to run in, it was a little bit above my knees, and grab her and pull her out and take her back to the shore. And I've asked her about it, and she doesn't even know what she was doing. Like, she has no clue. When I ask her, I get a blank stare as to what she was thinking, what she was doing, what did she think was going to happen when she got so far in the water that she couldn't walk anymore? Nothing. I get absolutely nothing from her. It was terrifying. It was like she was just going to run to Japan. And the ocean wasn't going to stop her. I, I shudder to think what would have happened had I not been paying really close attention to her. And it does make me feel a little bit bad because I wasn't able to spend as much time with my older, my older kid as I would have preferred because I really had to keep an eye on my youngest. And uh, I also had to forsake looking for shells and trying to find wildlife and stuff like that that I usually do when I'm at the beach because, you know, I got to keep them safe first and foremost. And that's what happened during this time that you didn't even know past. Well, now you know. And knowing is half the battle. T.I. Joe! All right, let's get this train back on the track and review the rest of that sweet, sweet media that you know and love. For my weekend games, I didn't get a whole lot of gaming in again, as usual. Taking care of the family and work tends to take up most of my prime gaming time. Can you believe that? But I did, however, buy a game since I talked to you last, and I did get to play it for a few hours here and there. That's right, I bought Katamari Reroll for my Switch, and I popped that bad boy in, and I got rolling. I am such a huge Katamari fanboy, and I've loved all of the iterations of the game that have come out so far. So I knew I would love this reroll on Switch. And sure enough, it's a remake of the the last Katamari Damacy game. But that's alright, because there wasn't one available on Switch before. I have such a fun time with it. It's such a cool idea. It started out, there's a little teeny guy pushing around a ball. Everything gets stuck to the ball, but you gotta start so small. So you gotta do little thumbtacks and dice and little erasers and and little doodads and stuff but then it starts getting bigger and then the next thing you know you're picking up decks of cards and you're picking up plates and glasses and you're picking up you know next you get up your ball gets bigger and you're picking up bowling pins and toys and toy robots and and then it gets a little teeny bit bigger and this is my favorite because then you can start rolling up animals Oh, I love it when you go outside finally and you can roll up, you know, little birds and cats and squirrels and things. And, and they're rolled up in your Katamari ball and their little legs are flailing this way and that. Oh, it's awesome. And, uh, man, it just makes you want to keep going and going. 
if the levels weren't timed, I would just roll to infinity. And I seem to recall somewhere later in the game, there is one where you start out and you start out just really super small and you roll it all the way up and just everything gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And then you're rolling up people and you're rolling up cars and you're rolling up houses and you're rolling up buildings and you're rolling up hills and, and mountains and all kinds of stuff. And you end up rolling into the, you roll up all the way up to the, roll up the earth and out into the universe and you start rolling up the planets and the stars and I can't really remember where that one ends. I think you kind of roll into infinity on that one, but that was a really fun one and I can't wait till I unlock that one so I can play it again. And as always, that iconic Katamari song. La 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 the Katamari Damasi. La 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 the song is stuck in your head. Because you hear the damn song the whole time that you play this game. <laughs> so like, they never change it up. It's always the same dang song. But other than the repetitive song, this game is super duper fun. And I recommend Katamari Reroll for any fans of the Katamari series or for someone that's never tried it out before and is looking for a game that's different than the rest. I mean, what other game makes you a prince to the king of the universe who's destroyed the entire universe and now you have to roll up things to recreate the universe? None of them. There are no other games like that. Katamari Reroll. Check it out. For my weekend music, I've got so much musical mayhem this episode. So many rabbit holes, so much fun stuff. First up, Chicken wing, chicken wing, hot dog and bologna, chicken and macaroni, chilling with my homies. Yeah, I'm finally gonna explain this shit. This has been a staple in the house for the last couple weeks and is frankly driving me up a wall. But this silly chicken wing song, which plays so repetitively, was recently brought back from its, uh, it had disappeared for several years, but Juice World just made a song recently and added this little rhyme to it and a few more lyrics pretending like he wrote the shit or something. And, uh, it has been quite the earworm in our household. I'm hoping that this little jingle does like it did seven years ago and fades away into obscurity again because I'm almost tired of hearing it. But in case you forgot... Chicken wing, chicken wing, hot dog and bologna, chicken and macaroni, chilling with my homies. Okay, okay, I promise that's all. You guys should feel so special. I made that for you. Pretty good. This week in music, I fell down a huge musical YouTube rabbit hole when I discovered, discovered I'd never heard of this before, Medieval Bardcore. Why did no one tell me about this? I love media. 
Why did I not find out about this until now? I mean, it hasn't been out for a really long time, but I feel like I didn't have my finger on the pulse this time. Medieval Bardcore is today's greatest songs all done medieval style, a la The Witcher, you know, Toss a coin to your witcher, oh valley of plenty. Chingy, chingy, ching, ching. You know, just medieval instruments, everything, lo-fi, and it's, it's freaking so much fun. I had a blast going through it. I listened to so many awesome songs done up in old school style, and it was a blast. So many great songs like Pumped Up Kicks, Somebody That I Used to Know, Mr. Brightside, classics like Africa by Toto, uh, Painted Black by the Rolling Stones, that was a great one. You know, my kids got into listening to Barbie Girl by Aqua and, and Poker Face. You know they got an Old Town Road one, right? Please. Uh, what is Love? Gangsta's Paradise. Man, so many awesome songs. All done up in medieval bardcore. It's really cool. It's only been out for a couple of months, you guys. So get on it now and check it out. And I promise that you will have a wonderful time going through all of these fantastic videos. Not only that, but most of them have really great old school medieval style illustrations to go with the songs. And even a few of them have gone through and completely rewrote the songs with medieval wording, the vows and stuff. And it's a blast. It's a really fun rabbit hole to fall into. And hey, for once, it's something that's not NSFW, and so you can watch it with your kiddos. My kids had a blast. I don't think that it stayed around for too long with them, but I had a fun time with it, and I suggest you check it out. Just go on YouTube and look up Medieval Bardcore, and you'll get a huge list of some of the biggest songs. Seriously, I covered only a few of them. There are so, so many more. Listen to that shit. Aside from YouTube, I've been listening to a lot of music on Spotify. I used to be such a Pandora fanatic, but I've slowly switched over, and now Spotify has totally become my favorite music app. Podcasts, too. I've been listening to a lot of the stations that they custom create for you. Uh, the other day I was listening to the Hymn Station. Hymn is a love metal band from back in the Bam Margera days. They got a little bit of notoriety for a couple of their songs, and I've been a big fan of them. Uh, listen to all their albums. They're fantastic. And uh, they have a station on there that's the Hymn Station, and it just plays a ton of great love metal and rockin' hits that remind me of those days. Because, well, the marriage wasn't so fantastic. That, that shit fizzled out. But the feelings, 
that young love. It it was all right. And you don't get any more lovey-dovey than him. It's love and death. And that's pretty much what all their songs are about. I also have been using Spotify to work out because they got a ton of different workout stations. Uh, I like the Adrenaline Workout Mix because it's good, hard rock that just keeps you moving. If you're running or I use my kettlebells sometimes to it, it keeps me pumped up. And, and the more pumped I am when I exercise, the better because that's when I slack the least because if I'm not motivated... I'm not going to feel like putting my all into something. So there's been some really great songs that I've been hearing on that. Some that come to mind are um, Waking Lions by Pop Evil. That's a really good one. Uh, The Devil's Bleeding Crown by Volbeat. That's one that I just heard recently that I hadn't heard before, and it was really good. Uh, Absolute Zero by Stone Sour. That's one that's been out for a little bit. I knew of that one. And uh, man, that is an awesome one. If you want to get pumped, whoo. Uh, also, Nitro, Youth Energy by The Offspring. Whoo, that's again, that's an oldie, but a goodie. That is a classic off of Smash. And that album was all bangers. Offspring Smash was one of the first tapes that I had when I was a kid. And I wore that tape out in my Walkman. Everywhere I go, whenever I walked or rode my bike, you would know that I had my headphones in and I was listening to Offspring Smash. I listened to it a thousand times before that tape died. And then I went and got another one. Another great one on that album. Dog eat dog. Dog eat dog. Every day. On a battleground we play. Yeah. That one was super rocking too. And lastly in my week in music. I've been hearing DJ from The Untrained Eye. And Riley from The Plunge talking about Logic. And I'd never really given Logic any listening time. So I decided to rectify it because I've heard the name, you know, it's, there's been renown. I just have never really sat down and gave him a try. So I turned on the logic station on Spotify, of course, and listened to some of his stuff and it's good. He's got some really good stuff, some real bangers, some stuff that's just lyrically is so impressive and the speed and the flow is incredible there are it's kind of hit and miss there are a couple that are so-so but for the most part like very talented very talented dude and on top of that as i was listening to the logic station which was playing me all kinds of other great rap um i heard this song called imaginary places by Bus Driver, and I know this might not be new to you guys, but this is the first time I've heard this song, and that song is really incredible too. I was like, holy cow, man. I I love fast rap. I've loved it since, 
way, way back in the day. Tech Nine got me started, and I've I've never stopped. And another great track that I heard on that Logic Station was Senorita by Vince Staples. Whew, that is a hot track, you guys. Seriously. If you check out even one of these musical recommendations, I think it'll probably make your day. That's my Week in Music. It's time for Random Thoughts. Man, oh man, watching We Are the Missing put me on high alert for shadow people this week. I see shadow people in my everyday life. It's a very regular occurrence for me. I see shadow bugs. I see shadow birds. I see shadow animals. And I see shadow people. Not people as much as everything else. I mostly see shadow animals. Um, Rats, cats, things about that size. I'm never sure if it's something supernatural or if it's just my eyes trying to make something up. I see a lot of spiders run across the floor. And, I mean, I can see the articulation of their legs and stuff. But as soon as I look directly at them, they're gone. And watching that movie put me on super high alert. So I have been seeing stuff in all the corners and all the shadows right now. Most of the time, I just kind of ignore it. But shadow people, man, they are so spooky. It's so weird to be sitting somewhere and see some old guy next to you, you know, messing with his hat or something. And then when you turn and look, there's nothing there. I know it's probably just my eyes. That's what I tell myself. You know, it's my, we only have the field of vision that's right straight in front of us. Our eyes make up everything else and puts it through into a process into our brain. And our brain just goes by what our eyes tell it, which (laughs) is rather dumb because we can see some crazy stuff out of the corner of our eyes that aren't there. So anyway, a few nights ago, I had one of my scariest shadow people experiences that I've ever had. I was putting my daughter to bed and she's a little cray cray. She doesn't go to sleep like a normal kid. She will fight it with everything that she has and finally give up after she's completely exhausted herself. And sometimes that can go on until midnight. Anyway, she went to bed at a pretty decent time. I think I got her to bed by 11. So, I mean, that's that's winning for, for that night. And I was sitting up on my phone. I was watching a show probably. And she was sitting next to me, and I told her, you know, you need to lay down and go to sleep. It's bedtime. You're supposed to already be asleep. And she continued to sit, and I was watching my show. And I went to tell her again, and when I turned towards her, 
she wasn't sitting up. She was laying down on the pillow asleep. She hadn't been sitting up because she was dead asleep. There was something sitting right next to me, but it was not my daughter. That was very, very spooky. Shadow people, are they real? Welcome back to Pod Watch, the segment of the show where I tell you three podcasts that you should be shoving in your ear holes right now. This segment is so hard to do. There are thousands of fantastic podcasts out there that are just aching to be listened to by you. And usually, I tell you about two podcasts and I play you a promo for a third podcast. But this time, my promo submissions are stacking up and I need to get some of these out. So this is a special edition all promo pod watch. Do you like Florida man? Do you like crazy shit? Do you like titties and strip clubs? Why are you laughing? Because I do. You know I do. <laughs> this is the show for you. We're the Hashtag No Offense Show. I'm uh, the Duchess. That's the Duchess. That's my lovely wife. My name is Chris. And we talk about all that stuff. In addition to our daily lives as parents, what we're watching on TV, current events, anything that we could try to talk about to make you laugh. Look for us on the web at htnos.com. All the socials at HTNOS and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. We're available everywhere. Have you ever been reading through a stack of comics and thought, maybe I should see what this Arkham Asylum game is all about? Or been playing Marvel vs. Capcom and felt like you were at a real disadvantage since you didn't know who half the characters were? Well, Play Comics is the show for you. I'm Chris, and each episode we take a look at video games based on comic properties and how well they stick to that source material. So whether you know the comics and want to know how all these games work, or you know the games and want to find out where all this craziness came from, go check out Play Comics at playcomics.com or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Hey, what's going on? This is Adam Simmons from the Simmons and More Podcast. Hey, what's up? This is Bobby Moore from the Simmons and More Podcast. And if you like a couple of dudes screaming at the top of their lungs about sports... Oh, come on, bro. We talk about other sports. Come on. Do we? Yes. We talk about a lot. They had a midget, a bearded woman, wild animals, and a large outdoor fountain filled with 50 gallons of cum. Dude. 50 gallons? 50 gallons. See, I want to know who, who weighed it. Right. Who supplied that? That's who they need to find out. And is it male Me? and female yeah. semen? I don't know. That's a good question. Bro, what are you talking about? Literally all we scream about is sports. No, we don't, bro. So, Yo, and there's WNBA stars that look kind of good, though. Why are you okay, looking at your lips like that? Okay, see, I'm trying to listen. I this just want to know. Why. I got a question. What? They shoot the three? So, or is it like just fundamentals? I can watch your nephew do it or... Your nephew can dunk, though, huh? Oh, my God. I'm just saying. Jesus 
Christ. I'm just saying, dude. I can see a bunch of fucking short white dudes over at the YMCA play fucking fundamental basketball. <laughs> All right? Yeah, they shoot the fucking J and they drive the lane and dunk it or what? You know what? <clears throat> so if you like what you heard. Yeah. And we know that you did. Yeah. Hashtag Sam PC. Yeah. to more yeah. podcasts. Ah, 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 ah. You already know what the fuck it is, New Jersey, bitch. 27 rings. Anywhere that you can hear this podcast that you're listening to right now, you can find us. Find us. And more importantly, you can find the smooth, sultry voice of Bobby Moore. Hashtag Sam PC. See, I didn't steer you wrong. Those were some entertaining promos. None of that. Listen to my podcast because... It's about some stuff, and I talk about some things. Get out of here with that garbage. Too freaking boring. That's my homeboys. The hashtag no offense show. HTNOS. HTNOS, if you're cool. That's Play Comics. They give me so much love on Twitter. I dig those guys. They played my promo. I've listened to it on there. I'm always stoked to hear my promo. So... There you go, guys. Play comics. And them, my boys, the Simmons and Moore podcast. Hashtag SamPC. 27 rings. You know what the fuck it is. Fuck yes. And speaking of Simmons and Moore, uh, Adam Simmons actually gave me a fantastic recommendation for a show to watch. And that'll be next episode. That's it. Three podcasts for you to listen to. Hashtag No Offense Show, Play Comics, and Simmons and More Podcast. Check them out. Or don't. But if you don't, you're a fool. Getting close to the end, my friends. But I can't let you go without giving you some shout outs. This is for some fantastic people out there in the world that inspire me and lift me up and give me a laugh while I'm working or listening to podcasts. My man read. At the Two Mics Podcast. New podcast, check it out. Jody B at the Po Boys Podcast. Anna Regina at Burping It Out Pod. Jules Hannaford at Fool Me Twice and Hong Kong Confidential. What were they thinking? For Screen and Country. Jason Almy at Shit Happens When You Party Naked. Get them pooters out. Get them pooters out. Circles up. Reanimatron, The Countdown Pod, Glenn Think Stuff, Super Movie Bros, Blockbuster Mentality, Victims and Villains, Scene and Nerd Podcast, Small Town Mentality, Drama City's Got the Small Town Mentality, Drama City's Got the Small Town Mentality, <laughs> Much Love, Kelsey Hudgens, Heavyweight Chumps slash Thunder Cookies, Thanks for the love. Jigs, views, and reviews. Eat a dick, Jigs. 
Let Me Bend Your Ear Podcast, The Lazy Stoner, Kyle and Nick on Film, Robbie at Out of the Blank Podcast, Play Comics, Big Love, The Hashtag No Offense Show, Love you Chris, Love you Dutchie, Donnie at the Adulting with Donnie Podcast, Donnie, you make me laugh on a very consistent basis. Beth and DJ at the Untrained Eye and Dragging the Table. Two podcasts, twice the fun. Jason Marshall from the We Don't Have Cookies podcast. Taking care of your family right now. Good man, but I hope to have you back someday. The All Bros. Rockstar Hardcore Green Apple Energy Drink. The only energy drink that I drink and the king of all energy drinks. Thank you for all of the energies. The Inner Circle Sports Podcast. Wutsky, Riley, I love it. And I'm not even a sports guy. Creatures of the Night Podcast. Love the energy. These guys went on Delvin Cox and took over the show. It was so much fun. Who are these podcasts? W-A-T-P. The Podfather, John Domingo. And Boomer Bob, Adam Simmons, and Bobby Moore at the Simmons and Moore Podcast. Hashtag SamPC27 Rings, you know the fuck it is. And all that. The S. Anthony Thomas Show. The Plunge. Front Porch Swingers. Chronicles Podcast. Chronicles has been giving me love for so long. What's up? Big love. Billy D's. Shitty Song of the Week. Every week, Shitty Song of the Week podcast gets better and better. If you haven't listened to them, check them out. And The Gutter. Mega, mucho, massive love to each and every one of you beautiful motherfuckers and motherfuckettes. Stay golden, you spicy animals. Don't ever lose thine shine. Tis the end of the shout-outs. This is the end of the podcast. Whoa, whoa, whoa. (laughs) Thanks again, everybody, for listening. Feel free to favorite, share, or rate Mixed Media Forest on your favorite podcast player, Amazon, or iTunes. I can be found on Twitter at MediaForestCast, on Instagram at Jason Lampro Podcasts. Got a favorite game, movie, app, book, album, podcast, etc., etc. Email me at MixedMediaForest at gmail.com. It's that simple. Love Mixed Media Forest? You can sponsor me at Anchor.fm for as little as a dollar a month, or you can make a one-time donation with PayPal, Cash App, or Google Pay. All of the links can be found in the podcast description. The more donations I receive, the more time I'll have free to create magnificent podcast content for you lovely listeners. So dig deep and give. Give till it hurts. And last, but certainly not least, I have a brilliant and uplifting 
Final quote. So much positivity, right? Final quote from the universe. If you only knew how many miracles you've already performed, nothing would ever again overwhelm you, frighten you, or seem impossible. And you'd begin admiring yourself as we always have the universe. Powerful. Much love. Chicken wing, chicken wing, I'm talking baloney, chicken and macaroni, chilling with my homies. <laughs>